Ready, set, go! I had no intention of making this cafe wig, but that's what it's turned into. So grab your white chocolate mocha cappuccino and let's dive into this thing. Welcome to the EV Diaries. This is the place where we explore EVs in small town America. This week I learned a lot more than I wanted to about cafe standards. I'm clearly not an expert, but I still think I could wipe out a Jeopardy category. The timing of all this is funny too because it started with tax changes in Great Britain and went to taxes on EVs in America. From there, we went to see how serious GM and Ford are about EVs, and that began this dive into cafe standards. Today, synchronicities keep me in that rabbit hole because Tuesday, the Trump administration finalized the last component of safer, affordable, fuel-efficient, or SAFE rules. Before we get into that, let's understand what's at stake for automakers. And this example and all of the reference articles will be in Flipboard. The article I am referencing right now came from greenbiz.com. It was written by Rachel Sote in 2018. Car makers must meet the fuel efficiency target across the fleet. And if they do not meet the fuel efficiency standard, they must pay $5.50 for every tenth of a mile per gallon under the target. And the example from this article, Toyota produced 584,421 vehicles in the U.S. in 2017. That is their fleet. If they were a tenth of a mile per gallon under, they would owe $3,214,315.50. I assume the EPA gets that money, but I don't know. And these are the types of questions that created this dive in the first place. Getting back to the SAFE rules. Phase 1 issued last fall revoked a state's right to issue its own standards. Now keep in mind, standards that come from the federal government are the minimum thresholds. California sets a higher standard which is adopted by other states like Colorado and Washington. In September 2019, 23 states filed lawsuits in response. The Utility Dive article lists which side car makers chose. I won't get into that here, but you should check it out. Phase 2, which became effective Tuesday, reduced the Obama-era fuel economy mandates from 5% a year to 1.5% for model years 2021 to 2026. I think the current CAFE standard for passenger cars and light trucks is about 35 miles per gallon. This effectively moves the target in 2026 from what would have been 54 miles a gallon to 37.5 miles per gallon, give or take. The logic behind this is that car makers can make bigger cars, which are safer and will prevent fatalities and crashes. It will keep the costs lower for the consumer, and there still is a mandated improvement in efficiency. All of those are valid points. 
The National Traffic Highway Safety Administration Acting Administrator, James Owens, said, We believe that 1.5% reflects the best balance among many different factors. This is a rule that requires us to balance economic considerations, technological considerations, the nation's need to conserve energy, and other governmental standards. He went on to say, if a consumer wishes to purchase a hybrid or an electric vehicle or another vehicle that is highly fuel efficient, they will be able to do so. What this rule does is recognize that consumers have different preferences. Okay, back to me. Granted, the Obama standards may have been too aggressive and made new cars unaffordably priced, but this gives car makers a pass on creativity. Sometimes you need to be in a box to find new solutions. So what does this mean for EVs? If the Obama rules were in play, there would have been a massive push to alternative fuel vehicles, including EVs. I'm sure any battery tech improvements would have came faster than they will. Other than what might have been, there's not much impact on EVs. EVs will still be bought by people who want to be environmentally friendly and socially conscious. They will be bought by people who want to save a buck and want energy independence. Most will be upper middle class city dwellers and suburbanites. Some will be bought by people like me, curious nerds that think they're cool. Tesla will still be leading the EV revolution in America. I'm sure when this COVID-19 thing clears up, there will be a massive incentive by car makers to boost sales. With cheap gas, most of those sales will be trucks and SUVs, which I think is short-sighted because gas will go back up at some point. For me, and the message of this podcast to small-town America, it feels a bit like I'm swimming upstream. But who doesn't love the challenge of educating people about EVs? Now for an i3 update. I started to plan like a weekly i3 update, but it would be really short way shorter than usual. And I'm not sure that you would be interested in hearing about my car every week. But since I started tracking on March 17th, I have driven a total of 493.7 miles, and my vehicle has become the Healthy at Home Provision Procurement Vehicle. All of the 493.7 miles have been all electric, my average drive has been 49.4 miles. The longest drive, which was over a three-day period, was 93.1 miles. And that took my battery from a starting percentage of 84 down to 11.5. The average mile per kilowatt hour has been 4. My Juice Box 40 has delivered 143.1 kilowatt hours of energy, which has cost me $12.48 before taxes and surcharge. Calculating that out, my car has cost me two and a half cents per mile to operate. Now, my poor long lost Mini, that same distance would have cost me about $30 at the current gas rate of $1.63 here in southeastern Kentucky. All in all, that's not too shabby. I think I'm going to start tracking April separately and we'll see how the month goes. Click that subscribe button. The EV revolution is here, and it may be the victim of politics, 
disinterested car makers and cheap gas, but it's still a fun ride. <laughs>